0: Hey, Hello,
1: everybody. I'm Matt. I'm Zach.
0: And this is MZ Car Guys Podcast.
1: Awesome. So, uh, get the formalities out of the way. MZ Car Guys on a lot of popular media, social media, and so forth and so on, uh, such as Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and of course, Anchor.fm slash uh, guys for podcasts. Matt, how was your vacation, sir? Uh,
0: uneventful, and that's the best thing about it.
1: Isn't it so weird that when you're in your 20s and stuff like that, you're like, oh my gosh, all this stuff happened. It was crazy. It was the best thing ever. And now that we're in our 40s, it's like, oh, nothing happened. Thank goodness. It was great. <laughs> Well, Matt, um, I think uh, how we left things off before you went on vacation was uh, we were going to start doing um, the Germans, going uh, car company to car company, and uh, I think it just makes sense, sir, to uh, start the beginning. What do you think?
0: Well, I mean, you, you, you have to start with Mercedes-Benz. Um, you know, they, they started the whole thing. It was the first car company ever. They're still around. Um uh, yeah I mean why why don't you why don't you kick us off because um because old cars is definitely more your thing than mine
1: yeah, well, I mean it, it, it and it and it actually starts a little bit earlier, so it starts with uh Carl Benz of course uh who was uh an inventor uh he was into heavy duty machinery and so forth and so on um and uh was you know, in, uh, out of Mannheim, uh, Germany, or what would become later Germany, because mind you, this is the Austro-Hungarian Empire, you know, the German states and stuff. And um, a lot of people at this time were working on uh, kind of uh, in- internal combustion engines, um, trying to get things because at this moment steam was king steam was everything Uh, the problem with steam was is it was inefficient people knew it was inefficient Um, and it was the vast majority of machinery was very large for steam uh, which is why it worked well on trains and worked well in big huge ships but on little small cars not so much so people wanted to try and use internal combustion engines. And the, the interesting thing is, is that as far as automobiles, uh, vehicles that are self-propelled by an internal combustion engine or, or, or some kind of internal onboard, um, moment, you know, self-momentum. Propulsion. Uh, yeah. You know, Yeah, yeah, self-propulsion, thank you. Um, it actually goes back into uh, the sixteen hundreds when Franciscan monks got together and uh, I believe Franciscan monks got together and they actually created this big huge monstrosity, which is basically like a steam train on land. Uh, you know, to kind of move it back and forth a little bit and stuff like that. So but the reason why Carl Benz is was given the uh, the patent for the automobile in, in January 29 1886 is because it was completely designed as a automobile it was never a converted uh, coach you know of some kind you know where where it wasn't a horseless carriage um, which is what a lot of people did including you um, you know, Gottlieb Daimler uh, and uh, his right-hand man Wilhelm Maybach, uh, which we'll get to in just a second. Um, which they were just converting, uh, you know, car- you know, horse carriages into horseless carriages. But Ben's actually created specifically an automobile, a thing to propel itself. This three-wheeled marble with a little tiller handle and everything. Um, and that's why he's been given the first patent. And of course they called it the patent wagon, um, you know, so not necessarily the, 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 the big to do that it became, you know, that, that we would have. Um, so uh, you want me to continue on with, uh, with the, with one of my favorite people, in the automotive world,
0: well, I think I think we have to talk about Bertha because it's it's she's sort of the unsung hero of the whole thing, <sighs> and, and essentially oh without her, the company never would have uh, gotten this far.
1: In all honesty, I really honestly think that without Bertha Benz, you can probably add at minimum twenty years to the automobile industry being as 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 well defined as it was because um, you know you did go ahead
0: I'm, I'm, I'm going to pause right there just because I came across this quote and Wikipedia phrases this so well I'm going to go ahead and step in here then I'm going to give it, give you the reins back go for it on August the 5th 1888 39 year old Bertha Benz drove from Mannheim to Fortsheim with her sons Richard and Eugen 13 and 15 years old respectively in a mm-hmm. Model 3 without telling her husband and without permission of authorities, just be- thus becoming the first person to drive an automobile a significant distance, though illegally. Before this historic trip, motorized drives for merely very short trials, returning to the point of origin made with the assistance of mechanics. Following wagon tracks, this pioneering tour covered a one-way distance of about 66 miles. And yeah. along the way, she was able to... Uh, essentially petitioned for the, uh, the car's very first sale to a member of the public.
1: She was the first car salesman. The first car salesman ever was this very ambitious woman who I just, I love Bertha's attitude. Um, I, I, I wish I could find like, like a, a book about her. Um, I, mean, I mean there, there is a uh, Bertha Benz Memorial route um, which kind of uh, maps out the the, the the distance and the route that she basically kind of took and stuff. you know because what a lot of people don't understand is is that during this time, during the late 1800s, this was um, creation of a automobile of an action of of a horse of a a carriage that was not drawn by a horse. And the entire idea was, was to take the horse out of this whole process. And the, uh, the emperor of the Austro-Hungarian empire. um, I can't remember his name. Uh, Maybe you can look it up, Matt. Um, yeah. we're but, gonna, we're gonna Bob for now. Uh, yeah, sure. Bob, the emperor of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. I'm sure there's a who <laughs> uh, bless you. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm sure there's there's a historian stirring in his sleep right now, just super frustrated yeah. by something that he can't quite figure out. Anyways, um, but he uh, he was a huge fan of horses. Uh, you have the, like the the Lipizauner uh, stallions. Um, And so it it was this, horses were like everything, you know, in the Austro-Hungarian empire at this time. And so it it wasn't exactly illegal for automobiles to be worked on and so forth, Uh, but it was kind of understood um, that it wasn't going to be popular. And so Carl Benz kind of worked on this in kind of a hushed, hushed fashion. and um, But he did it with Bertha's inheritance. And Bertha finally was like, fine. If you won't bring it out to show people, I'll take it out. And she did. And uh, along the way, she just, you know, was Um, able to...
0: His, his, name, his name was Francis Joseph I, ruled from August 1830 to uh November 1916. He was the second to last emperor of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Um uh, oh, okay. Charles I uh who ruled uh well maybe maybe it was Charles the first. These two uh these two ruling areas tend to seem to overlap. Um I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. Francis Joseph the first was the ruling. He was he ruled from December 1848 to November 1916. I apologize. So that was that was the Francis Joseph the first.
1: Francis Joseph the first. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Frank. So Bob, we were close. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Francis. Francis. Anyways. Um. So yeah. So I mean, you know, you have. The the Bertha goes out, does uh, her drive, and sells the first car, and she becomes, you know, basically just the savior of this wonderful machine, and uh, and she's actually the one who made the suggestions of, uh, you know, kind of. Uh, Maybe, hey, maybe we need to add another gear to this to allow for going up hills because, you know, I mean, it was, I can't remember how many, uh, how many horsepower the patent wagon had, but it wasn't much. <laughs> um, um, I, I don't have it in front of me, but um,
0: while, while looking that up just for a minute, um, horsepower, because it was you really have to see a picture of this car to well of this vehicle to understand more about it, but essentially it was three bicycle wheels, one in front and two behind um attached to a kind of a tiller, like you might find on a small sail sailboat.
1: Yeah, it um, was, um, two thirds of a horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a exactly.
0: Problem. Um, Okay, so, well, I've got you because, again, this this is this is your milieu, but I'm going to just pop in for bits here and there. Um, she left Mannheim around dawn, solving numerous problems along the way. She demonstrated her significant technical capabilities on the journey with no fuel tank and only a four and a half liter, roughly a gallon, supply of uh, gasoline in the carburetor. She had to find lagroin the petroleum solvent needed for the car to run. It was only available at ap- apothecary shops. So she stopped in to purchase the fuel. At the time, uh, gasoline could only be purchased uh, from chemists. And this is how the chemist in uh, Weislock became, I'm sorry, uh, that should be Vislock, I apologize, became the first fuel station in the world. She cleaned a blocked fuel line with her hatch pin and used her garter as insulation. A blacksmith helped mend a chain at one point. When the wooden brakes began to fail, she visited a cobbler to install leather, making the world's first pair of brake pads.
1: Is is she not just wonderful?
0: She also introduced the concept of using test drives to sell cars, which continues to this day.
1: It, I mean, come on. You, you, you can't not love Bertha Benz. She's just amazing. Anyways, so... So yeah, so so Bertha does all of this. Now, I think you, if if we're going to talk about... Mercedes-Benz, we mm-hmm. now need to talk about the Mercedes part of this. Because remember, this is only Benz. Benz, Mercedes-Benz, as we know it down today, is actually um, a part of uh, the Daimler AG overall group. Right. So Mercedes-Benz as itself, um, you you've got to kind of now talk about Gottlieb Daimer, Daimler, Daimler um, and he was also working on internal combustion engines. Now, his whole mindset um, was he wanted to work with um, work with installing these motor, uh, these these internal combustion engines, and anything that he could. So he wanted it in boats. He wanted it in, on uh, motorcycles. He actually built the first uh, full motorcycle. I um, can't remember when. Um, it was like 1880-something, rather. Um, but, yeah, but, I mean, he, he built a lot of these and was able to really kind of you Know go with and uh, I believe also worked um kind of in hand with uh, or you know, kind of also worked with um uh Nikolaus uh, Otto, uh, who is of course the father and the inventor of the auto cycle ATTO right. or OTTO cycle, first,
0: first, first uh,
1: which we all know is four stroke engine, so uh. So Nicholas Otto was the first to go suck, squeeze, pop, blow. And uh, that's how the auto cycle goes. So anyways, so Daimler got together. And and one of his main engineers, uh, which, of course, was Wilhelm uh, Maybach. Um, And I believe I am correct in saying that. I've heard it said many different ways. I am continue to say Maybach um, because, uh, yeah, Maybach. So anyways so worked with Wilhelm uh, Maybach um, and they created uh, uh DMG or Daimler Motors Corporation um, which is Daimler Motoren and stuff that's stuff Yeah anyways oh, so
0: Gestell get- stuff get- get- get-
1: there we go we we are very we are very american uh (laughs) and 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 i have a yeah i have a degree in nothing and matt has a degree in english which is not german so right uh so anyways We're, we're we're trying people yeah i mean you know and 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 you know daimler died in 1900 uh wilhelm died also in uh, 1900. Um, so their their company, uh, you know, DMG, um, kind of moved on and was under management of uh, of different corporations and stuff like that. And then when you get into the uh, the late 1920s, um, the the because of the effects of World War One uh the entire German uh area was just under a real big um uh depression. Uh so so Germany was experiencing depression long before any of anybody else in the world, you know, had uh was experiencing depression. And so when the when it came time to uh When it came time for, you know, I think it was about 19, hold on just one second here. Um... So while you're working with that,
0: I just want to give you a brief little uh, bit here. Throughout the 1930s, Mercedes-Benz produced the 770 model, a car that was popular during Germany's Nazi period. Adolf Hitler was known to have driven these cars during his time in power with bulletproof windshields. Most of the surviving models have been sold at auctions to private buyers. One of them is currently on display at the War Museum in Ottawa, Ontario. Uh, the Pontiff's Pope Mobile has often been sourced by Mercedes Benz as well.
1: Yeah. And um so yeah, so it was, you know, and and of course, Mercedes was the name of uh, I believe, uh Benz's, uh, yeah, yeah, or, or sorry, uh, Daimler's, uh, daughter. Uh, so,
0: um, let's see, uh, Emil Jelinek, an Austrian automobile entrepreneur who worked with DMK, created the trademark in 1902, naming the Mercedes 35 HP after his daughter, Mercedes Jelinek. Um, uh,
1: and long story short, um, oh, there was, was Emil daughter? That he named it after. Yeah, yeah Mercedes, Mercedes Jelinek. Yeah.
0: Mercedes Jelinek. yeah. Um, okay. Let's see. Jelinek's plans went further. As early as 1901, he was selling Mercedes cars to the New World, including to the, the billionaires in the U.S. at a race in Nice in 1899. Jelinek himself drove in a race under the pseudonym Monsieur Mercedes as a way of concealing his real name, as was the uh, the fashion in those days. Yeah.
1: 1901 and, was
0: a one train
1: yeah and then and you know he was able to so the 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 companies came together um i'm still trying to find this um so anyways it was it was 1920 something i want to say 1926 that the 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 two companies uh came together um because of Name because both using. of, yeah, well, because both of them were having financial issues, um, because of you know the thing. I think I think a car at that time in, uh, 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 yeah, either a Mercedes or a Benz at that time, cost some kind of crazy number like twenty five million, Reich marks, <laughs> or something like that. Because the inflation was just so ridiculously high. Um, right,
0: was just out of the realm of any. Reasonable persons.
1: Oh yeah. But then, of course, they then, you know, they advanced so quickly um, to become just, you know, one of one of the premier racing companies. You know, and uh, and one of the things that they're also very famous for is land speed records and you know especially in in the early 1900s they were you know you have uh you know i I think they actually held the first i think uh hold on i think it was daimler that they had uh where is it do 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 Maybe it wasn't Daimler. Maybe it was actual Benz.
0: 1938, the W125 was a record-breaking experimental vehicle, uh, which I'm going to look more into now.
1: No, no, no. This was before that. This was like 1909.
0: Uh, it's not listed here under significant models produced, but of course, that's a matter of opinion. But I can see on that far back, you would definitely have some uh, some speed records.
1: Yeah, I'm trying uh, to.
0: The W125 record So, you know, very literal term. Um, what, I'm trying to find. Um, had a 1600 pound weight limit, eight cylinder engine. Um, sorry, the GP car, the Grand Prix car, had an eight cylinder engine. The record car was a V12 engine. And I'm trying to find the speed. It's not making it easy for me uh four speed manual transmission the record here we go 268 miles per hour over a one over a flying kilometer 20th of january
1: 1938
0: oh my gosh that is and the no. first ever officially time speed on a public road this is 1928 1938 sorry until it was broken on the 5th of november 19 sorry 5th of November, 2017 by the Koenigsegg Agera RS on a closed highway in Nevada.
1: Wow. Again, that was
0: 268 miles an hour, and that was 80 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. 1600 pound car with a V12 uh, making 725 horsepower.
1: Yeah. Now, of course, that you have um one of the things that is tied in Mercedes Benz for ever and ever and ever, which actually comes from uh Daimler, um, which is the uh the 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 tri star the 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 three-pointed star and 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 I did know this but I was just reading about it actually um it actually comes from um, uh, his, his wife um, was uh, sent a postcard to somebody marking it with a three pointed star um, and then he said that it would one day this star would shine over our triumphant factories um, and it inspired both Daimler and Maybach um, when developing light and powerful engines for land, water, and air so the tri-star is actually symbolized for land, water, and air Hmm. which i actually did know but i had just kind of forgotten but not not,
0: not many boats you see around with a mercedes logo on it though these days
1: no and i mean but but it is i mean mercedes does do quite a lot with um with some machinery and stuff um which is uh, is kind of interesting um because some of the some of the biggest uh some of the you know the biggest not in america produced large uh, large construction stuff or large heavy-duty machinery um, is by Mercedes and Volvo, probably two of the biggest uh, outside of the United States, which is kind of interesting. Uh, so but then, of course... Go ahead.
0: Let's, let's skip forward a bit. Um, I, not, not too far here, but... Um, uh, Talk about maybe can you talk about some of the uh, really significant models that Mercedes has had in the past that kind of helped them the reputation.
1: Well, I mean, you, you definitely have, um, you know, like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, if you, if you get into the, the thirties, you know, you have some of their, uh, some of their production vehicles um, you have, the, uh, the Mercedes 260D uh, in 1936, which of course was the first applied diesel engine um, because weirdly enough, uh, diesel produced his, um, you know, uh, uh, an engine um, mostly for um, like stationary uh, vehicles and also uh, to, to apply to trains. Uh, and that was back in the late nineties or late, <laughs> the late nineties of the eighteen nineties. <laughs> so, I just I heard myself say late nineties, and I was like, ah, maybe I should be more specific. Um, so, but anyways, but yeah, but in nineteen thirty six, they they produced the first diesel car, um, and that of course was during, you know, the the uh, the, the the Nazi era, just before World War. Two, And um, then, of course, there's the 1954 Gullwing, you know, the 300 SL. And that's when we first started to hear about uh, the SL, um, yeah. you know, which is just an absolutely beautiful yeah. vehicle.
0: Just a stunner. Yeah, it's incredible how well that design has held up over the years, and it's just so striking.
1: Now you know what SL means, super light. There you go. Thank you.
0: Uh, nice that the Germans bothered to translate that for us. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, that's that's, and then the um, the one that uh, Jeremy Clarkson brought up in Top Gear uh, a while ago, and I think it was on their trip to. Oh God! A former communist state. I'm sorry. Um, is the six hundred grocer, which first started being made in the mid '60s, which was oh the, yeah, the, yeah the the, the grand, um, sometimes bulletproof, very uh, you know I am the premier or or I'm at least a member of the you know the the committee. Uh, the
1: well, and company. Jay Leno. So so the the mid '60s Mercedes. To really get a sense of of uh, you know, the, the real important cars and stuff like that, because uh, Jay Leno was um, I believe he was like a, a detailer or basically just an all around kind of just, you know, gopher kind of thing. Um, He would know better than I would, of course. Um, And uh, at a dealership that had Mercedes. And so uh, he, he loved those cars and just I'm trying to find it here. Hold on. The uh, G- ke- keep 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 talking and I'll look it up.
0: Okay, are you looking for his, his job position or
1: uh, no, 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 I'm looking for um, uh, the vehicle.
0: I wasn't it wasn't the 600 grocer.
1: Well, I don't think they call it a grocer.
0: Well, the, and the official name was the uh, got, 600. 600 grand Mercedes.
1: Yeah, the 600 grand Mercedes. And the, the really cool thing about this is um, in the late 60s, everything was pneumatic. The suspension was pneumatic, the shifting was pneumatic. Um, right. the you know, our, our sorry not 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 pneumatic but was hydraulic yeah, yeah. even the windows yeah. were hydraulic and if you go on to uh uh jay leno's uh jay leno's garage um uh, youtube he has he has one of course he does um but if you listen to the window go up, it's so whisper quiet it's, it's so whisper quiet and fast yeah you don't want to get your hand caught because it will i i I bet with hydraulic it would absolutely snap your snap your fingers off but yeah that the the, the, yeah the, the the 600 is just a beautiful car with that mercedes grill just jutted out there and the beautiful headlights and stuff i'm looking at a picture of it oh my gosh that is so gorgeous so so gorgeous but anyways, but yeah, but you, you've you've got all those kind of the cars and stuff. And then you get to, um, you know, the, you know, kind of years in my era, which is, you know, the 80s and the 90s, which is we remember like the, uh, the old 300 diesels uh, oh, sure. of the mid 80s, those things that would just absolutely go forever and ever and ever. And uh, had a very distinctive diesel noise to it, but yeah. is also currently um, a very popular, uh, a very popular car to uh, modify over to biodiesel, right? Because uh, it, it just it accepts it um, really really simply. Um, you know, all you have to do is just kind of uh, I think add a heater to the uh, to, to the fuel tank to keep. The, the biodiesel or the uh, not, and I keep saying biodiesel, but it's not really biodiesel. It's just kind of like, uh, like use cooking oil kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, so when I say um, I, I mean, yes. long term,
0: right. It's got, a, it has a unique fuel filter and a heater on the fuel tank, like you said. And you're pretty mm-hmm. much ready to go at that point. You don't need to change the injectors. You don't need to do anything else to it or just the compression. Just ready nope. to go. Um, yeah. Every- if wrong, again this is more your error than mine but as I remember that the 240 d was sort of the the everyman's version but it ended up being slower than being pulled by horses but the 300d is is the one to have
1: yes absolutely yeah okay. yeah the 240 d is just not uh, yeah it, it didn't have for the for the massive amount of steel that the vehicle was made out of because they were heavy 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 cars there was a lot of effort that effort in building that went into building mercedes um in in the in the 60s 70s and 80s um and we'll get into what that caused here in just a second um but yeah the, the 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 240 didn't have enough Torque to be able just to kind of get itself up over hills and stuff like that, uh, and 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 the three hundred kind of helped with that. Right. Um, it was
0: it was not a turbo diesel. It was a naturally aspirated diesel engine, which was a major part of the problem.
1: Yeah, and well, and they and they would later be um, even even the three hundreds. You would get the three hundred TD or turbo diesel, um, which had more power but also had more issues because right. um, it, it yeah well I mean because especially like because during the during the 80s and the 90s um, the Europe kind of cleaned up its diesel um, you know as far as its manufacturing and, and, and all of that type of thing it started to kind of really kind of clean up its diesel and stuff like that and, uh, and America didn't I mean we're I think we're still you know we're still not quite to the point of where you know you can really, you know, th- that same level. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I'm sorry. I
0: said your, your turn to sneeze. Um, yeah, okay. No I'm just gonna just sort of bounce back and forth a bit here, um, but sort of keep the time frame going. Uh, in terms of significant vehicles, uh, the uh, the first S class, which is now is everyone knows what an S-Class is, uh, goes all the way back to 1965. Uh, and as Jeremy Clarkson will tell you, if you give him half a chance to, uh, it was the the progenitor of most of the modern technology finding cars today happened on S-Class first.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, ABS brakes, analog brakes, airbags, um, crumple zones, um,
0: I'm not sure about the collapsible steering wheel, but probably um, a lot of stuff. Uh, some someone actually erroneously said um, that it was the first navigation system, but that's uh, not actually true. We want to be technical about it? Now, the first maybe the first visual mapping system. That's that's very possible, but
1: yeah. So, but
0: navigation is a believe it or not isn't actually a
1: gray area. <laughs> we
0: were not yeah. get this podcast. Yeah.
1: Um, So, anyways, so go ahead. Okay, I was just going to jump ahead
0: a little bit to uh, the G class, which the uh, specifically the 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 wagon, which Mm -hmm. is just staggering. This car has had four generations in forty years,
1: and they all look the exact same. And you know what? And it, it's it's amazing to me how they were able to to take this essentially military vehicle. It was a military command vehicle, uh, you know, from from the seventies, and w- was was able to just turn it in. It, it became this, you know, I mean, really for just kind of like high rollers and and. Uh, you know, mafioso types, but also rappers and stuff. It just became this... The
0: old Rodeo drive vehicle.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: The, uh, okay, the G-Class, just real quick, two sentences, was developed as a military vehicle from a suggestion by the Shah of Iran, amazingly enough, at the time a significant Mercedes shareholder and offered as a civilian version in 1979. Um...
1: Yeah, so, you know, yeah, so the Shah of Iran and, uh, and, and, and the G-Wagon. So, so so how did this become so, – so the Shah was like a majority shareholder?
0: Uh, it, says, it says significant shareholder. Okay. Uh, and then the, it was first used in the, by the Argentine military uh, beginning in 81, And I was just saying that it's incredible. It's been a box on wheels that seats four or five people its entire life. And all that's changed is how it gets driven forward. And, you know, it's basically a suspension and drivetrain.
1: That's just amazing. That's just absolutely amazing. And they've done quite a bit with it as far as, you know, its suspension and stuff like that. Now, I, I, I think you can't talk about Mercedes without talking about, the dark days, um, and and that really is from about the mid to early '90s to about 2005, um, and and the problem is is that you had they, they Mercedes was putting so much effort into um, the quality of the vehicle and, and and it was really kind of pushing them and somebody that we'll talk about with later uh, they were competing head to head with, with BMW BMW during the late eighties had become a real player in this world. And Mercedes was having a hard time kind of getting to the point of where they you know they 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 could they could you know really kind of do all of this and they're putting so much effort into it that they made a conscious decision to put less quality into it now that's not to say they were building bad cars but they were just kind of taking a step back i i i guess you can kind of say so
0: i i i think
1: i think the a gentle sort of politically correct way to to
0: put it would to say that the the accountants started to have more sway over the direction the company took.
1: Well, and you can kind of you can kind of see that you know you know the, the
0: the three class took off the five sorry the three series and the five series took off and Mercedes had to react.
1: They did. They honestly did. And you know because you know, during the time of, you know, in the 70s and the early 80s, you had, you know, the, the 2002, the 5 Series hadn't really come about yet. Um, you know, you, you had the 3.0, you know, uh, you know, CSL of BMW. But really when those kind of hit and they got hit with, um, you know, you had Lexus from Toyota and you had Acura from Honda um had really kind of come into their own you know by that really big pressure and stuff like that you know Ca- General Motors not so much Cadillac never really has been a a real kind of competitor against you know that uh, that type of thing you know as much as as much as we may love you know Cadillacs and stuff um which I somewhat kind of do. Um,
0: I think Audi is the other one. You get you you got to remember Audi starting to creep in too with all the Volkswagen money behind them.
1: Well, Audi wasn't Audi wasn't a huge luxury player at that time.
0: No, but they were. Eventually, they, yeah, stepped up.
1: Yeah, no, 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 totally, totally. I I completely agree on that one. But the then it was about the mid two thousand yeah the mid two thousands when. Mercedes kind of got their mojo back, um, you know, kind of got back in there and stuff, and and now they're making, just, <clears throat> I, I think the proper way is to say it, fantastic cars and fantastically awful cars. Yeah. Would I that agree. be? Yeah. So I mean, there's some cars like the S L, the S L is the S L, the S class, uh, the E class. I would say is right in there, uh, the G wagon still, of course, um, and also some of their SUVs. Um, the uh, the 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 GL class now is, is a good cla- is is a good vehicle, um, but then you have stuff like the CLA, a car that we love to hate, or does it hate to love?
0: No. I think I think I think we really enjoy hitting that car.
1: Yeah, it's just it's it's such an un Mercedes like car. It it just it absolutely just drives me nuts. But I let's, think go ahead.
0: Let's talk let's talk about something that that you and I brought up a few months ago when we were chat, just having a chat, which is that when it comes to the look of the car that almost without exception if you look at the current lineup, what's on dealership lots right now? almost without exception, every good-looking Mercedes has two doors.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, good-looking Mercedes, yes. I would I would have to agree just, with that.
0: Just based on looks. Now, I, there may be one or two exceptions out there. I think the, whatever they're calling the AMG GT four-door isn't bad. The CLS isn't bad. Um, and I've
1: always loved look at the CLS. It,
0: the the SL you mentioned earlier is easily their most underrated car that they offer. Mm, absolutely, you know, in terms of driving enjoyment and uh, you know refinement and all the other good things that you expect out of a Mercedes. Um, but honestly, I mean, across the lineup, the AMG GT Coupe, the original one, gorgeous, absolutely.
1: Well, I was, amazing. Getting, I was going to get into that as I was going to get into the the kind of because most people and now i don't drink so i don't really know this but most people have a you know like a you that's that's sober that can go out and 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 all of that type of thing and then there's some of you and you know who you are out there that when you go out especially when you were in your 20s and you'd go out to the to the club or whatever, and you would drink, and drink to the point of where you were just you gained another personality. And if you're one of those people, your personality actually had a name. And with yeah. Mercedes, that's AMG. Oh, for sure. I mean, oh, I mean it, it's, you know, because you have you have BMWs, M. M uh, M cars. They are an enhancement to whatever the BMW is. So it took whatever whatever it was and just enhanced it. Right. Um you, you could, you FTI could, is, is is a similar thing with like Subaru.
0: Right. Right. You you can you can argue that with both of those brands, what they've done is they've injected more race car tech. Into the into the into the road car,
1: exactly. Split. But with AMG, they Split. took a regular, simplistic car, luxury car, luxury car, and just went berserk with it, and made it into something completely different. Gave it a whole different personality. Um you know, and, and, and it started with, you know, way back in the early nineties. And I know, actually, I think the late eighties, but really kind of came into its own in the, in the, in the, in the early to mid nineties with the, uh, with the E-class and stuff. And you just had all these just different, you know, and now, you know, they've just, you know, they, like they took the, the SL, which is this just kind of, Grand Tour, convertible, just Luxo Cruiser, you know, which just just oozes, you know, just this, this sophistication and stuff like that. And then AMG just goes nuts with it and creates this thing that just wants to just burn tires. And that's all it wants to do is it just wants to go through rear tires. (laughs) <laughs> and it's just the most amazing, awesome thing in the world.
0: Well, and 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 I don't think anyone can argue. In the if you look at the first ten years of the of the two thousands, that AMG cars were more muscle car than anything coming out of America.
1: Oh, absolutely,
0: without yeah. question. And what's happened in the, in the in the pre, in the next ten years, meaning from two thousand ten to the present more or less, is you have Mercedes going, oh, this is not what we what we meant for as a car. And they figured out how to how to adjust their traction control. They figured out how to adjust the suspension and they're putting some refinement back in it. And then now they're getting, they're not M, but they're getting closer. They're less bonkers. They're less brutish. They're less sledgehammerish. They're more drivable. Yeah,
1: I can kind of see that. Yeah, especially like like around two thousand and five, anything that was AMG, you know, I, if if you would if you would ask me, I would have said, you know, that's, you know, just, an AMG car is just, you know, it 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 should automatically come, with like, five more sets of tires with it. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, and that, that's for the first year of
1: ownership. Yeah, 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 just for the first year, you know, yeah, three years, thirty six miles each tire set is good for 500 feet
0: and and that's just for the rears you only get one set of fronts
1: (laughs) yeah yeah exactly um but i do have to say you know one of the things that that that's kind of the other side of mercedes um is that mercedes really has uh unlike other automotive manufacturers with their diesels, uh, I guess we'll talk about this one later also. Um, they've always been very, uh, very, how do I put this? They, they, they've been very conscious about, you know, about producing the environmental cars and stuff like that. And they've, and they've really embraced um, you know hybrid technology uh in a way that i don't think i i I think mercedes really embraced it um whereas a lot of other companies begrudgingly embraced it yeah you know and, and 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 i think i think uh i i i think mercedes needs to be um needs to be really kind of, uh, given a hands for that. Um, you know, because, you know, they have, uh, the EQC, uh, which is electric, um, uh, electric SUV to begin production in 2019. Um, and the, uh, you know, and then there's the, Regular EQC, which is a uh, which is a uh, which is a, I mean it, it's 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 an SUV, um, you know and you know and so let's see here, uh, this is coming from uh, Wikipedia. Twenty twenty two will be the year in which Daimler has said the company will invest eleven billion to ensure that every Mercedes has a fully electric or hybrid version available on the market. Twenty twenty two. I don't think there's a single other company out there mainstream other than may, maybe maybe, maybe Toyota. Volvo maybe Volvo Toyota, has Toyota said by, by as early as 2022?
0: Well, okay so let's, let's read this quote carefully because it says 2022 will be the year in which Daimler has said the company will have invested 11 billion dollars so, it doesn't actually say that every vehicle they offer will have a full electric or hybrid version available.
1: Okay. Well, I think maybe we can.
0: I mean, I mean they're certainly implying that. Um, Toyota said by 2025, they'll have every single vehicle will have a hybrid option. Um, but getting back to diesels for a second to get back, back on that track for a minute, the, the diesel thing with Mercedes is so critical because people forget, especially in the US where we don't see them as much, Mercedes makes a huge number of trucks. Of all varieties you know from from cargo vans all the way up to semi trucks yeah you know and that's a huge part of their market and they have to have good diesel engines for that so.
1: no yeah and 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 I and I totally yeah the the the, the Mercedes uh, uh, sprinter vans and stuff yeah. like that and of course, I think we can't end and we'll end here in just a second uh, with one of the greatest things that Mercedes has actually given us. Uh, And that is of course the challenger. (laughs) Well,
0: okay. Take a step back. Yes. That's it's, it's a, it's a wonderfully dramatic thing to say, sir. And I appreciate the fact that it is true. However, what they actually gave us was they gave, was they gave, then Chrysler, which is now part of now Fiat Chrysler Automotive, they gave them the chassis for the then current E-Class, which is now two generations old, Yep. which is still the dominant rear-wheel drive chassis for most rear-wheel drive cars produced under the FCA banner, including the 300C, the Challenger, and the Charger.
1: Yep. Uh, And they have actually been called very, very good chassis. I mean, you know, it's yeah. It's a,
0: the consensus is it's an excellent starting point, but it's heavy. So, other than the weight, people like it an awful lot.
1: Yep, I, uh, I I can't wait to see, you know, where this goes. I mean, I I think if you if you look back at everything that Mercedes has given us, um, you know, you, you had. You know, Carl Benz and you know uh, Gottlieb Daimler and Wilhelm Maybach. Uh, you know, kind of putting together the 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 physical foundations of the car. You know, Bertha Benz, who gave us the heart of it, and you know, and actually becoming the first car salesman. Uh, you know, to really kind of push everything out there and really kind of shove the whole. Thing forward uh, into the realms of reality, um, and then just throughout their innovations throughout time, um, I can't wait to see what they give us in the future.
0: It's 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 going to be really interesting. Uh, I my, my my sincerest hope is that they will get their SUV act together a little better and make the lineup a little bit clearer. I appreciate the fact that the that if it has GL in front of it that it's the SUV version of the of the sedan right GLC is yep. a C class that's made into an SUV but you don't need a GLC coupe with four doors that has a tapered back end and less cargo room on top I'm of the so mixture. sick and
1: tired of calling things with four doors coupes oh know. I just want to scream absolutely uh, scream
0: you know so a coupe is a two door come on there's, there's some Teutonic marketing going on there that really needs to go away. But, uh, but in general, there's they make really fast stuff. They make really good-looking stuff. They make some really reliable stuff. Uh, they make some really practical stuff. They have their fingers in so many pots. It's all about uh, making sure that they just sort of stay on top of all those and um, don't let things slide because you know they've, they've, they're going in a good direction. I'm, I'm really hopeful for them for the future
1: yep absolutely well matt thank know. you very much and uh i think that's it for us everybody we've been uh, mz car guys matt and zach car guys uh you can reach out to us at mz guys at gmail.com um and uh check us out on uh uh instagram and uh what else matt i'm losing track
0: just all the social media, MZ Car Guys. M, Z is in M is in Matt, Z is in Zach Car Guys because we're just not very creative, but at least it's consistent.
1: Absolutely. All right.
0: Take care. We'll see you next time, people.
1: Broom, broom, Matt.